Astrology by Janae the podcast. I am your host Janae Anthony. I am a Hellenistic astrologer and tarot reader and this is an episode, a horoscope episode for the week of September 7th through the 13th 2020. Now last week I was all gung-ho about this big announcement that I was teasing And because this episode is released on Sunday, the announcement hasn't happened yet. It turns out (laughs) the the news will be released later on in the week, and I am still (laughs) so eager to share this news with you. So be sure to follow me on all my social media. Search for me at Janae Astrology on Twitter and Instagram and search for Astrology by Janae everywhere else and you will be able to find me and you will hear my news this week. For sure this week, I am 99% positive it will be announced and I am super excited about this news and I hope that you will be excited about this news as well. But anyways, there's no need to keep talking about something that is remaining unsaid for the time being. So we will just start getting into this astrology for the week. It is, it's a big week. It's the week that people have been waiting for for a very long time. Not necessarily for good reasons, but the week is here and... If you don't know what I'm talking about, you are about to know what I'm talking about because I am diving into the week right now. Monday, of course, is a moon's day and we have so much happening with the moon today. We have the moon moving through Taurus and as it makes its trek through Taurus, it will conjoin Uranus and it will trine the sun in Virgo and it will trine Jupiter in Capricorn and it will sextile Neptune in Pisces. Now this is so great, right? We have the moon in Taurus, its sign of exaltation. So the moon loves being in Taurus and, you know, it will be coming together with Uranus and even though Taurus is a very comfortable place for the moon, Taurus is mostly comfortable because it's stable (laughs) and of course Uranus is a very unstable planet. You never know what you're gonna get with Uranus. So there might be some unexpected happenings that pop up on Monday and because this is the sign of Taurus and the moon absolutely loves to be in this sign, it It probably isn't news that will rock you off your feet too much because, you know, Taurus in itself is a very stable sign, like I mentioned, but also this trine energy going on with the Sun in Virgo and Jupiter in Capricorn is more stabilization, right? Because we have this Grand Earth trine on Monday and Grand Earth trines, Grand trines of any element are always super fun, super stabilizing energies. So on Monday, we can tap into the best of the earth signs, right? We can be stable, we can be productive, we can be discerning, we can just get done what we need to get done and 
you know, it might be a little bit of a trudge because <laughs> there isn't lots of forward momentum that goes on with a grand earth trine, especially if the moon is also going to be making a sextile to Neptune, right? Neptune is a very wet, very um, illusory planet. So there might be some illusions that go on. You might just want to daydream. So you can be productive, but you will have to make a conscious effort to get your stuff done. But yes, that is Monday and that will lead us into Tuesday. So Tuesday is another day full of the moon's aspects. We will start off with the moon finishing up her track through Taurus, which means she will trine Pluto and she will trine Saturn. And although these two planets are a little bit out of orb to be considered a grand trine like we had the previous day, this can still be a very constructive and transformative type of energy. This can also be a very stabilizing energy because of course, you know, like I was saying, Earth science tends to be more on the stable end of the spectrum and Saturn is the most stable of all and when we have a connection with Saturn through an easy aspect like a trine or a sextile but especially a trine we can you know tap into that Saturnian energy seamlessly and we can really ground ourselves um, in what we're doing but there is the risk just because, you know, this is the moon in Taurus and this is Saturn and Capricorn, right? Very dignified positions. There is the risk of being too grounded, being too focused on what you're doing. And, you know, when you're too stuck in the plane of reality, there isn't really that visionary type of energy. There's no imagination, no inspiration because you're just so caught up in the nitty gritty of the here and now that you can get stuck and not look forward and not be forward thinking. But of course, you know, this is just the energy of the day and you know, this aspect doesn't last forever unless you happen to be born at this time, <laughs> but uh, you obviously will not be born during this Moon-Saturn trine because you're listening to this right now. <laughs> um, but anyways, after the Moon makes this completely stabilizing grounding trine with uh, Pluto and Saturn, it will move into Gemini and Gemini can pull us right out of all this grounded energy and just shoot our heads so far up into the air. <laughs> um, moon and Gemini can be up their own ass sometimes. I have a moon in Gemini, so I can say that. Much love to fellow Gemini moons. Um, but yes, Gemini moon can have so much going on that it in turn you know, misses out on some of the important stuff because it's so busy taking in so much information that it doesn't necessarily, you know, compartmentalize that information into what is more important and what is less important. It usually is, you know, broken up by what's the most interesting to me and what's the least interesting to me. And so if what is most interesting to you is not 
doing your work, not your responsibilities, then, you know, you might be a little distracted and you might not be able to keep focus so well. Especially when we have the moon and Gemini making a sextile to Venus and Leo. This is an aspect of fun and wanting to have fun and wanting to feel good, right? This is a I'm going to dance by myself because I'm hot and I feel like it <laughs> type of aspect. Moon and Gemini, uh, Venus and Leo. Um, so, <laughs> you know what? Let's just say it. Get your work done in the morning so that by the time the afternoon rolls around, you are free to party and have fun and be as distracted as you want because you already took care of the important stuff first. And once you're done partying, or maybe you won't be done partying, you'll party all the way through the night on Tuesday and that will lead you to Wednesday. So Wednesday, Wednesday is the day that we have been dreading all year. <laughs> Oh, I am being far too ominous. Anyways, Wednesday is the day that it happens. It's the day that Mars will station retrograde. But before Mars does that, we will have the moon in Gemini trining Mercury in Libra. And this is actually the first aspect that Mercury will make since moving into the sign of Libra. And I think this is a wonderful first aspect for Mercury to have because the moon is in Gemini. And, you know, like we mentioned, moon in Gemini can be a little bit all over the place, but it is trining Mercury, its ruler, which means there is reception here, right? The moon has reception with Mercury. And so, you know, Moon is going every which way in Gemini, and Mercury and Libra is coming in to balance that out a little bit, give it a bit more of a focus, especially because Mercury in Libra has a very, you know, it has a goal in mind. The goal of Mercury in, Li in Libra is to negotiate, make peace, make compromise, and then move on to the next thing, right? So... Um, with the moon shining Mercury here, we can get a more, you know, focused type of energy where we're not just, you know, collecting information in that Gemini moon type of way, but we have an outlet for that information. We can compile it into part A and part B, and we can weigh the options and we can move forward with an informed decision. Also happening Wednesday, we have the sun trining Jupiter. Now, the sun does not trine Jupiter that often. It only happens twice a year. So we have to enjoy this gift that the universe is giving us. Mars is stationing retrograde, yes, but we also have the sun trining Jupiter. <laughs> and this is great, right? Um, Jupiter isn't particularly well-situated in Capricorn, and, you know, the sun could take or leave being in Virgo, but it's still Jupiter, it's still the sun. These two, when they get together, they just shine bright, they, they're happy together, right? Sun and Jupiter, they have a good time. So, even though Mars is stationing retrograde, like I have said for the fourth or fifth time already, we can really tap into 
the trine energies that are happening today so we don't put all of our focus on this Mars and the confusion that will probably ensue during its retrograde period that lasts for about three months. Yeah, so tap into the Sun trying Jupiter energy. Be optimistic, you know, be happy. <laughs> and put those optimistic, happy feelings in your pocket and save them for another day because <laughs> Mars is going retrograde. And, you know, Mars retrograde on its own, it's not a bad thing, right? Mars goes retrograde every so often no big deal. The reason why this Mars retrograde is different is because, first of all, Mars is in Aries, its own sign. I believe that Mars has not been retrograde in Aries since about the 80s or something, so it's been a while since we've had this particular Mars retrograde. But also what's significant is that, you know, it will trace its steps back over all those awful squares with the planets and late Capricorn. And Mars square Saturn, not a fun time. Mars square Pluto, not a fun time. Mars square Jupiter can be what you make it, but it, it generally is not a fun time. And so we have all these aspects that will eventually happen again and then again a third time when Mars eventually goes direct, but that is why people are so freaked out by this because we have these super tough aspects that are going to happen three times. And, you know, on a mundane global level, it doesn't look the best, right? Just take a look outside, take a, take a look at the state of, uh, take a look at the state of the world and you might realize why some astrologers are giving this Mars retrograde the side eye. But in your personal life, you can really take advantage of this by rethinking the direction that you're taking in life because that is what Mars retrograde is about for you. It is about, you know, the direction that you're going. Mars is where you direct your energy, where you are headed. And so, when Mars goes retrograde, you're given the opportunity to re-examine that and, you know, just reorientate yourself, reorient, reorient, reorientate yourself to your current position because Mars, like I was saying, is your forward movement. And when Mars stations, it's stopped, right? There is no movement. And then it starts going retrograde and then there is backwards movement. So, Forward motion will not be the easiest task during the next few months, but, you know, we're not always meant to be moving forward. We have to take time and reflect and rethink and re-examine things, and that is what this retrograde period is great for. So don't be scared. You can be a little bit scared, just a little tiny bit. I am a little tiny bit scared of Mars retrograde this year. No big deal. Uh, some stuff might happen. <laughs> uh, some stuff may not happen. Maybe this will be a completely innocuous Mars retrograde for you. And for that, I'm, you know, good for you if that's how your Mars retrograde plays out. But personally, I am a tiny little bit scared. I am giving Mars the side eye, but I am remaining open to any lessons that Mars has for me. And you should also stay open because Mars 
I mean, ultimately, the planets kind of want to serve you, right? They're here to teach you lessons, to help you grow into a much stronger, resilient person. So I guess it's kind of wrong to fear the planets, right? We should just accept them and be open to whatever it is that they want to teach us. And, you know, moving forward, let's try to keep that in mind. All of us, not just you, not just me. We are all in this Mars retrograde together. Um, but that is all I can say on the topic for now. And that's Wednesday. So let's take a look at Thursday. So Thursday is a very dynamic day because we have the moon still moving through Gemini and it will form a T-square with Neptune in Pisces and the sun in Virgo. Now, we've been having lots of T-squares lately, right? For the past while, every time the moon was in Cancer or Libra, it would form a T-square, and it will continue to do so, but it is a very rare occurrence when we have a mutable T-square. So let's enjoy some of this mutable energy for once, right? Let's, I, for one, um, you know, like I was saying before, let's be open to the planets. I am so open to this mutable T-square we've got going on on Thursday. So we have the moon squaring the sun in its third quarter phase. And, you know, I don't talk about moon phases a lot. I don't know why not, because they're actually very important. So perhaps I will start incorporating them into the horoscopes more. But the third quarter moon phase is really about, you know, winding down and seeing how, you know, what you know can be of service to others. It's not really about you and your growth. It really is about passing on your your accomplishments, your projects, your knowledge onto others. So we have the moon and the sun, and then, you know, we have Neptune here. And Neptune is also about kind of you know, dissolving the boundaries that you have between you and another person. And so this to me really looks like an aspect of sharing knowledge and maybe being influenced by other people's knowledge for better or worse, because of course, you never know if Neptune's going to be good or bad. It's just going to be what it is. So Thursday, it is important to try to keep your awareness of your surroundings and of the information that you're taking in. Stories might be being told. People might be living out their fantasies, right? This is not a very grounded energy. Despite the sun being in Virgo, Neptune, it takes all that groundedness away. The moon in Gemini, um, while capable of seeing things for what they are in reality, is kind of, you know, taking some of that groundedness away because it is square Neptune at the same time. And of course, like I was saying before, the moon in Gemini just absorbs everything and doesn't really differentiate all that much. And so there can be a lot of confusion on Thursday, right? Especially with all the big stuff that happened on Wednesday. We're still in an, an adjustment period, right? We still need to get reacquainted with, you know, the shift of energy. And so there might be a bit of 
fogginess surrounding what we're meant to be doing. Because at the same time of this T-square, you know, the moon will eventually move on and it will sextile Mars. <laughs> and, you know, a sextile to Mars is, you know, nothing horrible. But at the same time, this Mars retrograde could be some of the source of the confusion because it is the most major thing that has recently changed. And the moon is making a sextile with Mars and... This is, you know, the first aspect that Mars will make after it turns retrograde. And, you know, just like Mercury had its first aspect with the moon, um, Mars having its first aspect with the moon is really what will, you know, take this energy of the Mars retrograde and make it personal to our lives, right? Because the moon is the most personal planet in the sky. So, on Thursday, we might expect to be very confused, uh, not know what's going on, and this sextile between the moon and Mars may bring to light what this bigger Mars retrograde period will be about for you personally. So that is what can be expected on Thursday. Let's take a look at Friday. Friday, we have the moon entering Cancer, and around these parts, we love a Cancer moon, right? The moon is in domicile in Cancer, so moon feels good. Moon is just floating along, no qualms, no nothing, right? Let's just let's just let the moon be in Cancer and let the moon enjoy this this uh, short period of non-stress during the early degrees of, you know, her favorite sign. Right, the moon in Cancer can get in touch with her feelings. She can express her emotions freely. Um, you know, it, it can be a little bit of both, right? A Cancer moon can be very free and expressive, but at the same time, it can be closed off and protective of its own emotions because, of course, right, Cancer is a crab, and the crab has a hard shell around it. So it's either... You know, very loving, very caring, or very cold and very standoffish. You can get either with a Cancer moon. Uh, I wonder what it will look like for you and the people in your life, but it could go either way. Um, but despite that, it's still, you know, a nice energy. We can really relish in it and enjoy it because it feels good. Also happening on Friday is we have the sun making that exact opposition to Neptune in Pisces. And so, you know, this is a continuation of that confusion that was going on on Thursday. And although, you know, the sun isn't there triggering the T-square anymore, the opposition between the sun in Virgo and Neptune and Pisces is still significant because this can be an energy of where you know you just feel like you want to give so much of yourself to other people and be of service for others that you might forget about yourself so I'm giving you homework you have homework on Friday and your homework is self-care right there is so much you know, good feelings, right? We have the moon and Cancer, which loves to care about other people. We have the sun and Virgo, right? The sign of service and, right, Neptune and Pisces, which is 
the planet of universal love and the sign of universal love and none of those placements are really focused on the self so you better focus on yourself on friday don't forget about your own needs while you're serving other people and taking care of others because you are so important <laughs> okay so friday self-care do it i'm not going to continue lecturing you but you know just just be kind to yourself on on friday and don't forget that you know people around you have needs yes but so do you and please just please do not overlook yourself because that would be a tragedy so the last thing happening on Friday is we have a moon sextile Uranus. And, you know, incorporate this into your self-care routine because, of course, Uranus is in Taurus and Taurus loves to feel good. So how about, you know, spontaneous self-care? Let's put it like that. Do something completely unexpected for yourself that feels amazing. It could be literally anything. For me... I don't know, it might be baking cookies <laughs> because, of course, Cancer and Taurus are signs that love food. Um, but it could look like anything for you. You can bake cookies, you can take yourself a nice bath. I will always recommend a bath. You could, you know, sage your home, turn on your favorite CD, curl up with a fuzzy blanket, you know, stimulate your senses, masturbate for crying out loud, just do something spontaneous that makes yourself feel good and, you know, you deserve it and, you know, just decompress a little, take the time, slow down, right, Taurus, well, it's Uranus and Taurus, but still Taurus nonetheless, Taurus likes to slow down and the moon and Cancer likes to just go with the flow. So go with the flow. Don't rush things. Feel good. Enjoy your Friday. And, you know, take those Zen feelings and carry them with you on to Saturday. On Saturday, as the moon moves through the latter degrees of Cancer, of course, she will make an opposition with Jupiter and then later to Pluto. And in the interim, she will make a trine to, let's see, to Neptune and sextile the sun. So on Saturday, the moon is just talking to everybody all over the sky and feeling damn good while doing it, right? Because the moon in Cancer feels good, like we have established. And especially the moon in Cancer opposite Jupiter in Capricorn, this is such a feel-good type of energy because the moon is in domicile in Cancer and Cancer just so happens to be the exaltation sign of Jupiter. And like I've said in previous episodes, whenever something is making an aspect to Jupiter, in, in Capricorn from the sign of Cancer, it just, it gives Jupiter a bit of pep in his step because he can see a place that he loves so much, right, the sign of Cancer, and it just gives him a little hope. It gives him, it gives him hope in a place that, you know, typically does not have a lot of hope for Jupiter, the sign of Capricorn, and so we have a dignified moon in Cancer that can help 
pull Jupiter out of his rut a little bit. And you know what? This is so true because the next thing that Jupiter does is Jupiter fucking stations direct, okay? And we love a direct Jupiter. Jupiter loves a direct Jupiter. <laughs> Jupiter can start pushing some of his good vibes outward. It doesn't have to be so inward and backwards anymore. It can be forwards. <laughs> and so, um, Saturday is a great day to, you know, build on your happiness, build on your optimism, start appreciating the things around you. I mean, it kind of goes without saying, but you should always be appreciative of the things around you. But it, it might start to come a little bit easier come Saturday because we have Jupiter going direct and this beautiful opposition between the moon and Jupiter. So yes, as the moon continues to move through the sign, uh, like I said, there will be a trine to Neptune, and this can be a very inspired energy, a very emotional energy, so, you know, some tears might be flowing. Hopefully, they're happy tears with all the Jupiter action happening, but emotions might be very, very sensitive on Saturday because of the trine between the moon and Neptune. But the good news about that <laughs> is that the moon will also be sextiling the sun at the same time, right? Remember, we just had the opposition between the sun and Neptune, and the moon is coming in here to make a connection with both of them at the same time. And so the moon in Virgo will really help to ground us from some of that overly emotional energy, and we can, you know, distinguish and differentiate what is appropriate and what might be inappropriate, like an inappropriate amount of emotions to be expressing at a given point in time. Um, because I will always say this, your feelings are your feelings and your feelings are valid, but it is true that there are better and worse times to express those emotions and show those emotions, right? If you're super fucking happy at a funeral and everybody around you is sad and crying, um, I will just establish that maybe you're super happy because you just got a promotion. <laughs> just so there aren't any uh, blurred lines here. So you're at a funeral, you're super hyped up because you got this promotion at work and you had been working for it for so long and nothing can bring you down but you're at a funeral and everybody around you is depressed. That is not the appropriate time to like stand up and cheer and laugh and have a good time just because you're happy, right? You need to take stake of the situation or take stock of the situation around you and determine if expressing your feelings would be appropriate in that moment. Um, all of this to say, <laughs> feel what you're gonna feel but be Virgo about your feelings a little bit. <laughs> You're being asked to really discern what will serve you and what will, you know, be uncomfortable or inappropriate. And then of course, because there was the opposition, opposition to Jupiter, we know that the opposition to Pluto will not be far behind. And Moon opposite Pluto, um, again, can speak to very deep emotions. Um, with Pluto, though, it's less of 
you know, a heightening of emotions and more a deepening of emotions, right? Whereas um, the aspect between the moon and Neptune could be feeling everything all at once. Uh, the moon-Pluto opposition would be about feeling one emotion super intensely. And so we need to put all of this together, right? We have, um, let me look at the list, Jupiter stationing. We have the moon opposite Jupiter, then opposite Pluto, then trining Neptune and also sextiling, uh, also sextiling the sun. So the moon is doing a lot of different stuff today and all of it comes together and kind of will make up the energy for the entire day. So Saturday might be very emotional, very intense, but by tapping into the sun and Virgo energy, we can really ground ourselves and, you know, differentiate between what we're feeling and, you know, use that information to our advantage and see, you know, how we can allow our emotions to serve us and others for the greater good. And if you manage to figure that out, right, easier said than done, that will leave you or that will lead you into Sunday. Sunday is another day that is full of this moony action. The moon will finish her trek through Cancer, but before she does, she will make an opposition to Saturn and then square Mars. And so, like we said, you know, in previous episodes, the moon moving through the sign will, you know, trigger this square between Saturn and Mars, the two malefic planets. And so good news is Venus is not involved anymore. So hopefully no breakups, no big fights. <laughs> um, but there still is a lot of tension here. And it may feel like it cuts deeper than it did before because now your emotions are raw because the moon is in Cancer. And, you know, the moon in Cancer is just can be emotionally vulnerable. And, you know, a retrograde Mars and a retrograde Saturn in their domicile signs, right? Mar Hold on. <laughs> Sorry, just put it together that all these three planets will be in their domicile signs. So they're, it's kind of a battle for power here, right? Because we have the moon in Cancer. Moon loves being in Cancer. That's where she lives. We have Mars in Aries. Mars loves being in Aries. That's where he lives. And we have Saturn in Capricorn. Uh, Saturn rules Capricorn. Loves being there. That's where he lives. And so we have all these happy, dignified planets and they're at odds with each other, right? And when strong planets are at odds with each other, the consequences or the effects might be a little bit more noticeable. Um, but yes, like I was saying, this aspect today might hurt a little more or it might invigorate you a little more. Maybe you're not the one who is hurting. And if you're not, then it might be likely that you're the one hurting someone else, right? We don't always intentionally hurt other people. We're not always aware of our actions, right? And especially with Mars retrograde, you could just be, um, 
I don't know, swinging your knife around, like, I don't know, maybe you're dancing with blades, and you don't realize that every time you do a pirouette that you're actually slashing someone. Um, that was a horrible metaphor. I don't know why this imagery that I think of is always so weird. Just bear with me, you've made it this far. But yeah, you might be, you might not be aware of you know, how your actions are emotionally affecting other people. And there might be consequences for that, right? Saturn gives you consequences. If you're aware of what you're doing or not, Saturn will be there to beat you down a little. Um, so Sunday, just be aware. <laughs> Awareness is the key to navigating this energy. And I said that on purpose because I wanted to, I wanted it to make it sound like it rhymed. Anyways, that's weird. Moving on. So, uh, yes, we have the moon making this T-square with Mars and Saturn. And then the moon will escape this T-square and enter Leo. And the moon and Leo is great. Um, the moon is a little sad that she had to leave cancer but the moon is incredibly happy that she doesn't have to deal with mars and saturn's bullshit anymore so the moon can just shine and be happy and playful in leo and you know provided that we reconcile whatever this cardinal tension is about we are able to feel so much better by the end of the day on sunday and that brings us to the end of the week. And so we end the week with the moon entering Leo. And that is a great place to end the week. And this is a great place to end this episode of the podcast. So yes, thank you for listening. Like I said at the top of the show, stay tuned for my announcement. I promise that you will hear about it this week. Um, be sure to follow me on social media. I am at Janae Astrology on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can search for me by searching for Astrology by Janae everywhere else. That's YouTube and Facebook. And of course, my website is astrologybyjanae.com. You can visit my site if you're interested in booking a consultation with me. But yes, for now, I will leave it at that. I want to thank you for tuning into this week's episode, and I will catch you next week. Bye.